Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1012, it's Monday, 21st day of August 2023. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Great to have you along. About 25 minutes from now, we'll chat with the only head coach the UMD soccer program has ever known, Greg Kane. We'll get a season preview from him as the Bulldogs kick it off next Thursday against Northern Michigan. Joining us now as we embark on the 2023 NFL season, longtime radio voice of the Green Bay Packers over on AM710, the game, Wayne Larravee. Good morning. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Excellent, excellent. How was the summer? It's been good. It's uh, it's about over, <laughs> but it's been good. <laughs> yeah, we try not to think too much about that up here, but summers are just so short, but they're so wonderful. Uh, I want to go back to draft night. Uh, you were on the, the game AM 710 up here. We had uh, the, the Packers draft coverage, and I remember listening right off the top of the show, and, and you were talking about, you know, you, you go back to 2021, and the Packers go 13-4. and four. They win the NFC North. They're the one seed the NFC. And, I know, yeah, we know they stubbed their toe in that playoff game against San Francisco. But it makes sense to kind of, quote-unquote, run it back. And, yeah, the Devontae trade changes some things, but they mostly ran it back last year. What happened last year? Well, we all know. They went 8-9 and to miss the playoffs. They lost that home game that could have gotten them in the postseason in Week 17. And you said it right there on that draft night broadcast. When you go 8-9 and and it ends the way it did – you can't run it back. What do you think of, of what Brian Gutekunst and, and company did here in the offseason? Because they clearly did not run it back. Aaron Rodgers is no longer around. Yeah, and, and you know, um, I was trying to figure out uh, that night when they lost to Detroit the final week of the uh, regular season, I was trying to figure out, okay, how do you bring back Aaron Rodgers and not run it back? Um, and, you, you know, there was really no way they could do that. So, um, and I know they hadn't had discussions with Aaron at that point in time. They hadn't even talked about what they were planning on, you know, going to do the following year. But there was no question they had to kind of turn things over on the offensive side of the football, at least. And that's exactly what they did because, yeah, you'll run back 13-4, and four, um, especially when you were the best team in football, by the way, in 2021. And if you're wondering, if you're thinking that's hyperbole, it's really not. The two teams who met that year in the Super Bowl were the Rams and the Bengals, and the Packers beat both teams. Matter of fact, routed the Rams uh, that regular season. So, um, you know, that was that was the best team under Lafleur, the 2021 team. They lost on some bad special teams play and an offense that just didn't uh, fire uh, when it needed to uh, against San Francisco in that playoff game in Green Bay. But that was their best chance under Lafleur thus far. That having been said. They tried to bring everybody back the following year. We were all on board with that. They kicked a lot of money into the future. And when they didn't make it, when it turned up 8-9, and nine, that's when you have to make a change. And, oh, and by the way, you have to start paying bills for going for it, Super Bowl or bust. And, and that's $57 million of dead money on the cap this year. 
Uh, Wayne Larvey, our guest, longtime radio voice of the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love is the guy now. And, and we've seen now a couple of preseason games. You've had a chance to watch some practices. You've had a chance to watch him a couple of times. And, you know, the, the one start when Rodgers had COVID in 21, the spot duty against Philadelphia, mainly last year in, in that late season game in Philadelphia when Rodgers got hurt. What have you seen of Jordan Love? What, what, what can we take from these first couple of preseason games where I think he's looked pretty good? Yeah, he has. Um, I've seen a lot of growth in this kid over the years. And, you know, he wasn't just uh, marking time behind Aaron Rodgers for three years. I think he was learning a lot from A-Rod. And, um, you know, you see some of it in the way he plays, some of the arm angle stuff he does, some of the throws on the move he can make. Um, A lot of that's got Aaron Rodgers written all over it. And uh, he also has Aaron Rodgers' quarterback's coach and Tom Clemens. And I think that's a big part of his development on this level. So, um, this kid's come a long way. Now, what kind of quarterback will he be? We don't know because you don't find out in the preseason about quarterbacks. You have to go through a regular season with a quarterback to know what you've got. Um, and it takes a full regular season to do that. So we'll see. I mean, but all indications are Jordan Love has done everything he could to be a, a competent, uh, good starting quarterback in this league. I'm glad you brought up Tom Clements' name because I was going to if you hadn't because it feels like, you know, what we – again, it's such a limited, you know, piece of of what we've seen so far from him. That one start in 2021 against Kansas City where it didn't feel like the offense was tailored to things that Jordan Love could do well – and then the couple of appearances last year when Rodgers was ineffective and the whole team was in week one against the Vikings and that game in Philadelphia when Rodgers was injured, it seems like just taking that, we've seen a lot of growth with Tom Clements in there as the quarterback's coach. What kind of impact do you think he's having on Jordan Love? I think he's having a big impact, certainly on the fundamentals that, that uh, this kid is putting together. But there's another coach involved, too, with Jordan. and this coach back in California, Coach Calhoun, who really has built Jordan Love. And I talked to Jordan about this. Um, You know, a lot of the foundation of Jordan Love, the quarterback, was put in by Coach Calhoun. And then Tom Clemens on the professional level is bringing bringing it to this level. I mean, he's kind of polishing uh, this product. But um, Jordan Love is, you know, he's got talent. He wouldn't have been drafted in the first round if he didn't have ability. He has the natural ability. Now, what you're looking for is the intangible um, that goes into quarterbacking and being successful in this league as a quarterback. And that's something that nobody knows until you get into regular season play. You already said it. You can't take a lot out of the preseason. And, and you've got to be careful You know, when you're watching games and, and watching these, especially these young players, not to get too excited because it is, quote-unquote, only the preseason. But we get to halftime on Saturday – and I was watching the game, and I turned to my wife, and I said, this is the most fun I've had watching a preseason Packers game in a long time because you can see so many young players that, that at least they, it seems like they've got potential, and it looks like they've built some really good young talent around Jordan Love. How excited are you specifically for a guy like Luke Musgrave at tight end? Yeah, you know what? Um, these two preseason games have had a lot of action. They've really been entertaining games to watch. Of course, Saturday night's game, that was an unfortunate ending to it. And thank goodness that, um, you know, Isaiah Bolden's going to be okay, the injured defensive back for um, uh, New England. But uh, it, that that was when I heard the next morning that he was being released from the hospital, going to return home with the Patriots. That was great. Uh, that's what you needed to hear. And, and that was um, – but at any rate, the games have been very entertaining because of, 
you know, Jordan Love and what he's doing with a very young offense. Luke Musgrave, it seems like he's always wide open. They don't always hit him, but he's always wide open, it seems like. And then, uh, you know, Sean Clifford, the fifth-round draft choice quarterback, is been, he's taken us on a roller coaster ride. It, it's been great to watch his development and the way he plays. So, yeah, no, it's been entertaining. It, it, it really has. This is the youngest skill group around a quarterback I've ever seen. And by skill group, I'm not talking running backs. I'm talking wide receivers and tight ends. I mean, the veterans in that group are second-year players. I've never seen a receiving core this young. Um, How will they play during the regular season? I don't know, but I do know this. They may be inexperienced, but they have talent. That's for sure. And you know what? That talent will develop. Feels like Jaden Reed's going to be a real problem for defenses, and once he figures it out in this league, would that be maybe a fair assessment? Yeah, he's got, um, you know, the Packers timed him at 4-3-7. Um, he didn't time out that fast at the Combine, but um, the thing he has is quickness. And, and I think when you're a slot receiver, more than straight-line speed, you need quickness to get open, and he seems to be that guy. He gives them a dimension in the slot that they haven't had since Randall Cobb was a young man. We're talking to the longtime radio voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, where the Packers do have – some veteran presence at the skill positions is at running back with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. But the guy that's really taken the headlines here in the preseason is undrafted rookie Emmanuel Wilson. What have you seen from him so far? And and then two, Jones and Dillon, what kind of one-two punch do you think they can bring the Packers here in 2023, assuming full health for both, which we hope for? Well, I go back to the first quarter of the Patriots game Saturday night. Um, The Packers' first couple of drives, they ran the football, and they ran it early, and they ran it often. And I think that's something you're going to see with these running backs, uh, Jones and A.J. Dillon. A.J. is the kind of guy, he doesn't really get a lather going until about the fourth or fifth carry. So you're going to see a lot of these guys early on. I think what you're going to see in offense that looks more like what San Francisco runs, and that is it's a run-first, run-centric offense with play action off of it um and with jordan love you can also do rollouts and run pass options stuff like that uh he's very athletic and, and can get that done so i think that's the kind of offense you're going to see and i couldn't help but think against new england when the starters on both sides were in the game uh the packers effectively ran the football and i think that's what they'll try to do in each game and of course that goes on the offensive line wayne david bakhtiari at left tackle elton jenkins at left guard that that might be one of the better left sides you're going to find anywhere in the nfl it looks like bakhtiari will be good to go for week one you know how good can this offensive line be it it, it seems like that's kind of been an underrated build by gutekunst and company to have a strong offensive line the day jordan love walks in the door as a starting quarterback yeah you know what Uh, you're right and i think this offensive line well two years ago it was a top five line in the league and number one in pass blocking um this line can certainly be one of the top 10 lines in the league there's no doubt about that i think zach tom's going to emerge at right tackle john runyon solid at right guard myers appears josh myers appears to have the center position and then Elton Jenkins is having an outstanding camp. He's back to where he was two years ago when he was an All-Pro. And Bakhtiari, you know, watching him in practice against the Patriots, Matthew Judon, you know, Bakhtiari is just still, as it seems like, as good. I don't know if he's as good as he was three years ago before the injury because he was the best player at left tackle in the league at that point in time. But he's close, and, and that close is good in that regard. Now, backing them up, Sean Ryan, third-round draft choice, big disappointment last year. 
has been outstanding in camp at guard this year. Uh, the third-round draft choice out of UCLA a year ago. Um, Rashid Walker has come on, and he looks to be maybe the heir apparent at the left tackle position. And then you have Yash Nyman, whom they have a lot of confidence on the right side or left side at tackle. So you've got some people here um, on this offensive line. You have some depth on this line, and you have some talent on this line. So uh, they've got a chance to be very good, I think. Talking to Wayne Larravee, radio voice of the Packers, over on AM 710. Every uh, every snap, every Packers game over on AM 710, the game throughout the season. Wayne, let's not dog this defense. It's got a chance to be very good, but there's a couple of, of concerning points, and, and one of them is the run defense, which five-something a carry last year on second downs. They're one of the worst defenses in the NFL against the run. And then the safety position. Who starts at safety alongside Darnell Savage? What What do you think has been fleshed out as far as those two points in training camp? Yeah, those are big question marks, um, I would say, at this point. Uh, they've auditioned a lot of different talent at the safety spot opposite Darnell Savage. And, um, you know, this is going to be interesting to see where they go in this regard. Um, I think it'll be one of uh, Jonathan Owens, Tarverius Moore, will emerge at this position. Anthony Johnson uh, showed up at the New England game the other night, the rookie seventh-round draft choice. They really like him. They feel like he's a guy, he's kind of a steal at that point in the draft. Um, you know, nice range, good size type player. Um, so what they're looking for is somebody to nail down that spot, to take that second uh, safety spot. Owens has experience, started 17 games at Houston last year. Tarverius Moore, former San Francisco starter, at safety, uh, suffered an injury, um, uh, kind of got, you know, out of, re- out of, um, out of uh, line in San Francisco in terms of uh, with their projections, and so he was available. They pick him up. He's a six-year pro. Um, that's kind of where they're at. Dallin Levitt's another safety in camp, but he's a special teams guy. So, you know, the safety position's a question mark. And then the other thing, I'll tell you what Matt LaFleur told us two weeks ago in a production meeting. He said, you know, when we were with the thought process turned to defense, he said, we got to figure out if those guys, can those guys stop the run? That's the biggest question defensively. And you're saying, well, this is a pass-centric league. Why do they have to stop the run? You have to stop the run. You always have and you always will in the National Football League. If you can't stop the run, you are not a good defense, period. Don't tell me how you did against the pass because if people can run the ball at will against you, they don't have to pass except when they want to. And that's not the way defense is played in this league. So this is the biggest question. T.J. Slayton, nose tackle up front, um, has to be a big part of that. I think Quay Walker, um, you know, filling some of those gaps from the inside linebacking core. He's got the speed and quickness to do it. Devondre Campbell's been down with an ankle injury. He is crucial um, in this defense. He must be healthy. Um, You know, I think you're going to see Darnell Savage play a little bit more in the box this year. He's more effective there rather than the center field. Um, so I think that it's going to be a collective effort, but the biggest question mark remains at this stage in training camp. Will the Packers' defense be able to stop the run? You know, I look at Kenny Clark. He's not the biggest guy on the defensive front. Slayton has the size. Does he have the consistency play-to-play to do it? Uh, that's the question mark there. And Devontae Wyatt is an interesting sort. He's not the biggest guy. He's more of a disruptor. Uh, can be good against the run, but is more of a disruptor and a pass rusher on the interior of the line. So 
Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they stop the run, but they must do that to be a good defense. We've got about a minute left Wayne Larravee. So, Wayne, the NFC North, I, I don't want to dog your, your former team, the Bears, but I feel like there's three teams that can win this division, and I don't think the Bears are one of them. How do you break down the NFC North? It does look wide open going into 2023. I think Detroit's pretty solid. If the quarterback plays for them the way he did last year, they're pretty darn good. Minnesota's going to be better defensively than they were. Uh, Brian Flores guarantees that, and they brought in some people as well. So I think Minnesota's emphasis on defense, where they have to get better, is there's still a good offense, but um, defensively is the question mark there, especially in the secondary, especially against the pass. Um, Chicago, much improved. Uh, you're going to find them to be very much improved. A uh, lot of new faces. So I think what might happen in Chicago, it might take some time before you start seeing them develop into the team they're supposed to be but um early on in the season the packers get them at the front end uh opening week and maybe that's a good time to play a team with a lot of new players in the mix we'll see but it's also on the road so um but the big question in chicago like green bay is the quarterback um that that question does not exist in either detroit or minnesota they have uh veteran quarterbacks who are well established these two teams chicago and green bay are have you know quarterbacks that they're trying to find out about and even though fields has started justin field has started for two years in chicago they still don't know if he can be the quarterback of the future and that's why they've stockpiled two first round draft choices for next year wade and larry all season long over on am 710 appreciate the time sir as always good to be with you take care all right you too wayne larravee longtime radio voice of the green bay packers in 25th year now my goodness time flies 1029, UMD soccer coach Greg Kane coming up on the radio show after the news break. Bruce Siski show on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We continue our 14-team Big Ten preview today, sponsored by Lando Lakes. We'll look at the Rutgers Scarlet Knights next. There is a land where anything is possible, where soul, soil, and science work wonders every day. A land that values bravery and curiosity, where the truth is the official language. And here, we put our all into feeding human progress, to making a positive impact. This is a land of honesty, of optimism, of possibilities. This is Land O Lakes, proud sponsor of Gopher Athletics. Tanner Hoops previews the 2023 Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Rutgers is coming off a 4-8 season in 2023. Nevertheless, head coach Greg Schiano likes the direction that his team is trending. I can honestly tell you that I've never been more excited to be the head coach at Rutgers University. I love what we're doing. Uh, I love the, the culture that we're building in our program. I love our players, our coaching staff. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about the way that we're handling business both on the field and off. We had the highest GPA in, in program history. When assessing what it'll take to make the Scarlet Knights an elite football program nationwide, Shiano addresses the conference and the strength of the Big Ten. Well, I think, number one, the biggest challenge, you look around at, at, at the logos on that wall, right? We play in the best conference in America. So we have to build a program that can compete at that level and then someday be a championship-level program. How do you do that? You do that one step at a time. You recruit the right players and you develop them. Rutgers opens the 2023 season at home September 3rd against Northwestern. And Rutgers will not play the Gophers during the regular season in 2023. Tomorrow, we'll preview Penn State on the Golden Gopher Daily Update. It's sponsored by Lando Lakes, longtime supporter of Golden Gopher football. 
I'm Mike Grimm. The Bruce Siski Show. Well, I'm being told that average Joes does not have enough players and will be forfeiting the championship match. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for us. On 610 and FM 103.9 ADAO. We are busy this week. We will kind of run through a bunch of that for you coming up here in just a little bit. We're pretty much full up every day this week. And then off next week for a bunch of best ofs. That'll preview the fall sports season as well. And we're going to be right into it. Coming back after Labor Day from that. 10.35 our time. CBS News. And then we'll talk with the only head coach the UMD soccer program's ever known, the great Greg Kane, after the news on KDAL. That's a part of the show, or you can't believe what Bruce said. You can podcast at KDAL610.com. 10.39 tomorrow, Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gopher football team. We'll look ahead of the 2023 season with him. Opens up next Thursday, FM 98.1, 7 o'clock versus Nebraska from Huntington Bank Stadium. Also tomorrow, head coach of the St. Scholastica men's soccer team, Barry Chasty, later on this week. The commissioner of the NCHC, Heather Weems, will be with us on Wednesday. A couple of coaches from UWS, St. Scholastica. Also just taped this morning with UMD volleyball head coach, Jim Booz. You'll hear that on the radio show. I believe we'll do that on Friday. Joining us now, the only head coach the UMD soccer team has ever known, Greg Kane. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for doing this. As we get ready for 2023, let's uh, quickly look back at 2022. 8-7-3, 7-5-3 in the NSIC. How do you reflect on your 2022 campaign? Um, very competitive. Uh, coming out of that COVID um, uh, year that we were basically shut down. Pretty competitive and a uh, real good uh, second half of the season for us. Uh, ended disappointingly in our last match, but um, you know, I felt really good about how we ended, and we had a good spring, uh, albeit the weather situation. Um, so, always optimism at the start of the year. Now, wait, you, you said the weather was 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 the weather bad in the spring? I don't. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, just a wee little. That's that's as bad yeah. as we've had, right? This past spring was just terrible. Oh, yeah, it was just very difficult for the players to really uh, be optimistic. Let's say about training outside yeah I, I can't imagine that was a whole lot of fun uh, as the season got went on last year where did, did you feel like there was maybe one or two areas that you saw the most growth out of your group uh we saw significant growth in how our team approached the compete side um you know of, of playing college and just what it took to prepare for that uh mentally physically as a group um, I think it really gelled for them about midway in the season. We also uh, put a real emphasis on taking care of the ball, so to speak, uh, not giving the ball away, really valuing possession. And, you know, that's a big term in our sport. Uh, we really put a premium on that, and it did start to change, um, you know, the way we played, the way opponents had to manage us, and then it started to provide results. Talking to UMD soccer coach Greg Kane as we look ahead now and go into 2023. Every team is different, but you've got to be pleased to be returning the number of players that you are. Right. Uh, and and with the experience that we did have last year in that second half, um, those players were really important to that. Or I should say many of the returners were important to that. Uh, so that's 
you know, very optimistic from that perspective. And we have a couple of fifth-year players uh, in our two of our captains, uh, Lauren Hansen and Sarah Stang. So you'd think on you know on paper that should value uh, something more than average for sure. Uh, you mentioned your captain, Sarah Stang, and, and Lauren Hansen. Jackie Jair is also one of your captains in, in 2023. What kind of 2022 did Jackie give you? I believe she was our leading scorer, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't think you she, are. Yeah, she's, she's a center forward, and so she has to lead our line offensively, you know, tip of the spear sort of thing. She has to make things difficult for the opposing back line. Uh, her mobility up front is very good. Uh, great determination, uh, very resilient physically, uh, and she can score. So she's a kind of prototypical striker for our conference uh, that brings that real physical element who can go all all game long. And uh, she's something really, really good to work off of for us. It feels like it's, you know, we, we talk about the importance of experience. It, it feels like you've got it in pretty much every key area. At least you've got some returning experience. You know, up front with Anna and, and Jackie and, and you, even the back end, it's not like you, you're you lacking experience going into 2023, which has to be a good thing going into a season, into the season. You're not doing a lot of teaching, I would think, here in practice. Um. You would think, Bruce, but uh, memories uh, sometimes fail, you know, 20-year-olds. So there's always that repetitive process of, you know, starting the season and implementing things. And about the third or fourth day, they have their aha moments. Ah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, But you're you're right. We do have experience in key positions. It's our depth positions and our flank positions, which we don't. And um, that's where our back line right now is. I would say thin. Uh, but, boy, we have Rachel Belke in the back, and she was an all-conference player last year. I expect big, big things from her this year, leadership-wise and being impactful, you know, managing that line. How strong do you think that leadership is going to be, not just from your captains, but all these older players that you have that have been through so much in this program? Yeah, you're right. Um, they have been through a lot, and, and you hope that that is development, right, that that's character-building. Um, I, I see that in the way they approach how they, you know, do school, do life. Uh, very resilient, um, high expectation of themselves, good work ethic. And, you know, if that's a general attitude on the team as a coach, you know, you've got a lot to work with them. And uh, that's how I feel right now. We're talking to UMD soccer coach Greg Kane as we look ahead to the 2023 season. It starts in Marquette one week from Thursday against Northern Michigan. You get the, the non-conference trip here to, to Northern Michigan on Thursday, the 31st, then Saturday, September 2nd, Michigan Tech. You know, good team bonding opportunity, a lot of time on the bus. That's not a short ride. But what do you hope to learn about your group here as you, as you complete the run-up to the season here in the next 10 days and then get it started in 10 days out in Upper Michigan? Yeah, you're right. It is a it's a really good trip for that. Uh, as uh, many listeners who know, the UP is a you know it's a good place to visit. It's a it's a good place to uh, enjoy some natural you know beauty, and the team can you know maybe have a hike here and there, just be together away from campus. But we face two teams that are as good as any team in our conference. They're both fully funded programs. Um, they both have players that you know I would aspire to have. And um, they're going to be a handful at their own places. So I, what I hope from my group is that, one, we show some real, you know, courage going into some other places to, you know, stand up, battle hard, really be ready for, um, 
you know, for opponents that want to take the play to us. And that's going to take some uh, resilience and it's going to really take some uh, some group attitude to, to get us through maybe some difficult two games. Scheduling-wise, how much did Upper Iowa's departure from the conference maybe uh, challenge you guys in terms of how you, you know, what you got to do to put a schedule together? I, you know, it, it, it doesn't sound like much, but that can be significant for it in a lot of different ways for this league because now you've got a loud number of teams, which means not everyone can play every day. Uh, right. There's uh, one weekend where um, a couple of teams have just one game. And over two seasons, I think they're going to be able to balance that out. Uh, but that's kind of a welcome break at the same time, maybe later in the year to only have one game on a weekend when we're playing always two. Uh, it's nice to have a little break like that, but it did actually benefit our non-conference schedule to um, making it an even number of games non-conference, and that makes it easier when you're scheduling two games on a weekend. So it actually helped us in that regard, and it also helps not to have to travel the top of Iowa. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's a long bus ride too. Well, you're, you've got uh, non-conference matches against St. Cloud State and Northern State on your schedule. I've seen this over the years in, in various sports. You know, teams will have scheduling challenges, and they'll schedule a conference opponent for a non-conference game. Your thoughts on doing that? It, 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 these are regional opponents, so they certainly they might not count in the conference standings, or they're going to matter in the regional rankings. Right, they're all countable in that way, and that's the most important thing. Um, Realistically, they're affordable. Um, you know, uh, we're all faced with, uh, you know, budget constraints, and that is uh, one aspect of that. Uh, we also can do a home-and-home, home, so next year we'll reciprocate um, in the case where they come here. Um, so those are, you know, positive aspects of that. Uh, we'll only do it for a two-year run, so a home and away, and then we'll, then we'll find another conference team to match up with uh, in that way. How much do you miss uh, having Kelly Gerges Wheeler on the coaching staff? She was, uh, you know, right alongside you for a lot of years. Has now moved into that sports information office. Well, first of all, uh, I think it's a tremendous asset to our sports information. <laughs> Kelly, as you know, has been just a uh, excellent uh, sports information person for women's hockey. She really helped a lot down the stretch last year with women's basketball and their run. She's always helped with men's hockey in terms of postseason stuff. Um, you know, she, she's earned that. She's good at it. Um, for me, I'm happy for her, happy for her family. Uh, you know, her time with me was, uh, you know, was special in, in our relationship and, uh, you know, growing together in that partnership and friendship. And, um, you know, time passes, uh, people move on, um, but you're left with those, uh, those times, whether it was on the bus or with the team or light moments or sad moments. And those can't be replaced. And, uh, you know, we have plenty of those. So I cherish those with her. Longtime soccer coach at UMD is Greg Kane. Thanks, as always, for the time. Good luck as you get started next week. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you bet, Bruce. Thanks. And you take care. Greg Kane, soccer coach up at UMD. Again, opening day is August 31st for the Bulldog soccer team at Northern Michigan. They'll play that Saturday, September 2nd at Michigan Tech. Home opener the following weekend with St. Cloud State. Visiting Woloski Stadium, get the full schedule. You can now get single-game tickets. They are now available by going to umdbulldogs.com. That's your go-to for all the Bulldog sports. Reminder, I mentioned volleyball coach Jim Booz will be with us. I think we're going to run that on Friday. 
And they've got the Up North preseason tournament. We'll talk extensively about that and how it all came together when you hear that conversation later on this week. But I encourage you to go to umdbulldogs.com. Uh, just click on the volleyball tab on the front page. And if you go to the schedule, you'll see there is a website set up for the Up North preseason tournament. You'll see the full schedule. It's UMD, St. Cloud State, Northern Michigan, Michigan Tech, and then visiting from out east, southern New Hampshire, from out west, Central Washington. Each team will play four games over that three-day event, September 7th, 8th, and 9th at Romano, umdbulldogs.com with the schedule and four tickets. Wrap things up in a moment. Ryan Phelps, the prep update standing by here, 1050 Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Dave Ramsey. Pretty easy. Afternoons on KDAL. 10.59. We are back tomorrow. We are busy throughout the rest of the week, including tomorrow. Voice of the Golden Gold for football team Mike Grimm will look at the 2023 team. Very tough schedule, but a team that looks like it may have some potential as the Big Ten season begins a week from Thursday at home against Nebraska. Also on the show tomorrow, a longtime men's soccer coach at St. Scholastica, Barry Chasty, will look at the 2023 Saints season. Brad and Kenny sound off after the news. Have a great Monday. Thank you for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. This is your home for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 103.9 W280 FDFM and AM 610 KDAL Duluth Superior.